Before we get to the show, did you know you can get more insights just like the ones you're listening to right here on Seeking Wisdom delivered right to your inbox? Sign up to get my weekly newsletter. It's called The One Thing at drift.com slash DC. Leo, thank you for joining us today. Happy to be here. Oh, me too. So for people who are listening to this podcast, I have some Easter eggs in here that you need to log into our YouTube account to see and subscribe and, and click that little notification bell. One is this homemade hat that I just made just now. Look at that. What do you think of that, Leo? That's pretty awesome. Does it have like some, how did you home make that? Dick? That's holographic. Look at that. And then it matches my cup holder. That's Look at pretty that. awesome. It's amazing. This has never been seen anywhere. I just made it myself and you cannot see it. You cannot know what it is unless you log in. And the other is this that I'm pointing right behind me is I finally hung something on my walls here and you have to log in to YouTube to see that. All right. Today, enough Easter eggs. One more Easter egg. One more. Third. It's always the rule of threes. I'm reading a new book. This is the book. Beware, Leo. All right. What Data Reveals. This book is called Super Founders. I have not opened it yet. What Data Reveals about billion-dollar startups. You know what's the problem with this book? What is it? It's going to give me more ideas Uh-oh. and more tabs Uh-oh. and more conversations Uh-oh. with you, Leo. Good luck. Saludos. Good. Looking forward to it. <laughs> All right, here we go. We are talking about this episode is called Replacing Yourself. I will tell you the first thing, I would love nothing more than to replace myself. That is my goal in life. Sounds good. We could all do that. (laughs) Yeah. What is your astrological sign? I only learned of these things in the last two years. Sagittarius, I think. Look, you had to think about that. Well, I don't, I, you know, I'm, I'm a math guy, science guy. (laughs) Astrological signs are not going to be a big thing for me. Me too. I was like, what is this nonsense? And then in the last two years, mind blown. Really? Wow. That's pretty interesting. Not in the way that I think most people who are into them, you know, interpret them and think about them, but more in, in this kind of thought of just like, well, there are patterns, there are cycles in life. And there, there has to be something to the cycles of, you know, when we were created, you know, when we were born, maybe there is something to cycles that we don't understand, right? And so like from that aspect, very, very loose aspect. Yeah, I think this kind of reminds me of like when, when you look at the Incas and Aztecas and that kind of stuff, exactly. a lot of like learnings, that, a lot of smarts that they had like thousands of years ago. It's pretty insane. Yeah, that is the context. That's actually the lens that I look at it through, which is like fascination with that, with the Incas and the Mayans and et cetera, et cetera, like all these ancient civilizations and like how much was tied to lunar and solar events, right? And times in the year and how much meaning there was that that I don't, we don't even understand how they understood, which we're trying to interpret now from a scientific standpoint and they're actually on. And so like thinking about that from a human standpoint of like maybe there is something to the timing of things. And so anyway, that's it. That's all I'm going to talk about it. Anyway, the reason I ask you is because I'm an Aquarius and Aquarius seek freedom. I, AKA, I would love to replace myself. Okay, sounds good. That's the thread. Yeah. Replacing yourself is something that both of us think a lot about, especially as we are now in the midst of scaling a company. And you have, you have been in very large companies. The company you were at before this twice 
with Salesforce. So you saw massive scale, massive change. And, and through that experience, I'm sure you had to replace yourself and you saw others constantly working on replacing themselves and in order to give people room to grow. Yeah, I, I've been fortunate enough to be in multiple situations where it's like hyper growth and replacing yourself is the norm. You have to do it. If you don't do it, you're, you're going to be left in the dust and you don't scale like people around you don't scale. You have to constantly be thinking about that. I still remember the early days at Salesforce where I, first day I arrived, I had my cube, I brought all my stuff and arranged it. And within six months, I was in a different place, different job. After the second move, I'm like, I'm not even taking my stuff out of my box. It was just like in a box. And the second time I came back to Salesforce, I didn't even bring a box to the office. I'm like, this is going to be constantly changing anyway. So, but it is, yeah, replacing yourself, super, super important. I love that visual. I think the important thing that we can talk about in this episode is this context that you have and this context that you've gone through, right? This experience is history, because for a lot of people, they maybe have only had experience in slow moving companies, or maybe they haven't had experience yet if they're new in their early in their career. And for them, the idea of like this constant change, this constant flux, this the visual that you painted of like, forget even setting up your desk because it's going to be moved to another area, another floor, another what have you before you know it is scary to them. There is something that's that is amazing. That is where the growth opportunities are. So how would you coach someone early in their career, someone coming from a slow growing company that is scared of doing this. I think you, you have to kind of sort of project yourself into the future. Like when I joined Salesforce, it was a thousand people. When I left six years later, it was 10,000. Like a thousand people? 10,000 people. Oh and, my God. and I came back, it was 30,000. And then when I left, again, it was 50,000. Yeah. That's insanity. When you join and you're like, you know, like us, 500 people, but you think a year ahead, it's going to be a thousand or 2,000 or whatever. You mm -hmm. start to think about that, your whole brain starts to, oh, wait, hold on a second. It's like what I'm doing right now is not going to work six months from now. As soon as you start to project the path, you start to realize that things have to change. You have to start thinking differently. Yeah, I, you know, exactly what you mentioned is something that's on my mind, which is like, we're at 500 people now. My mind is already at 1,000 people because I'm like, we're, I'm going to like blink. We're going to be 1,000 people pretty soon. It's going to be overnight. When I went from that 500 to 1,000 journey at HubSpot, it was like a blink. And I think, I, to your point, I moved. I didn't even know where my desk was anymore. Literally, I didn't even know where the desk was. I, like, I was never at a desk. I don't know. It just kept moving. Floors, buildings, across the street, across to a different campus. Like, I had no idea where, the, where my desk was anymore. We were just in this, con but that was a blink of an eye. That seemed like now it was just like one day you woke up and it was 500,000, then it was 1,002 plus, and it just kept going that way. Yeah. And I think you, when you've gone through some of those things, or when you even just think about it, you start thinking about the mechanics of like, hold on, I can't just hire for now. I have to hire for the future. I have to hire for the future of the future. And so it changes how you think about the volume of hiring that you need to do and how you actually think about hiring, you know, thinking about people who can grow very quickly and have that mentality as opposed to, oh, they're good for the job I have right now. They have to be good for the job I'm going to have two years from now, a year from now. They have to have the mentality of bringing that kind of those more of those kind of people into the team. It's a very, very different way of thinking. So how are you tackling that now coming from seeing that thousand person journey, doing your own startup, then leaving, you, I think you said 50,000 people finally at Salesforce and down zooming all the way back down to a 500 person company who is now beginning to having, having this problem or this opportunity, I should say, to, to scale. How do you think about your hiring? Because I know you're knee deep in it. 
Yeah. So first of all, I try to hire as senior as I can because it's people who can bring other people that and like build out whole chunks of the department. And so hiring folks who have seen the game before and, and can expand really quickly, but also looking for junior folks who have that growth and have that hunger because that is super important also, both hiring and looking internally for people who have that hunger as well, because you, you need to do all three of those things. It's sort of a game of, you need to meld in experience with folks who are hungry to see that experience and grow from it. And all together, you, you start to see the whole thing kind of take shape. So it's, you have to be firing in all cylinders, in all directions. <laughs> How do you counsel the existing team that may be there, maybe seeing all of these, and you're going through this right now, so this is perfect time, like, bringing in these senior people, also bringing in younger people, bringing people kind of in the middle of their career. Like you've come into probably a a situation where almost all of the team was kind of of the same age, same tenure, same kind of experience level. And now you're filling in not only people that look like them, which they're used to, but people that don't look like them from either younger in their career or older in their career. And so like, how do you counsel people through that? So a lot of it has to do with with diversity. It goes back to diversity of thought, as I see it. It's like, look, you have a way of looking at things. Maybe there's some other people that have different ways of looking at things. When you put those things together, it's all good. It's all it's it just makes it stronger and better. And so, you know, telling people not to be too afraid of change or different opinions, but also to be strong to put their opinions on the table because they have a, a fresher way of looking at things and can add to it. So I think, you know, when you start combining things like that, it just becomes more powerful. But you have to coach people and like, look, it's, it's going to be all right. It's okay. You have something to add. <laughs> the other people have something to add. It's going to be okay. It's all good. The coaching is the hard part, the interesting part, right? Because the it's easy, like you mentioned when you started, diversity, the word diversity, like diversity of thought there in that case. But everyone likes diversity or most people like to talk about diversity, but not when it affects their job, right? Like now when it affects them, right? Like now when it inconveniences them by introducing the right thing, which is to diversify the system, diversify the team, you are introducing, you know, things that are affecting people. Yeah. I think that there the idea is you have to paint multiple options in the future but for people. And then they become a little more common. So maybe in this space, you know, you're, you're kind of reaching your limit. We need something else that's a bit different. But look, there's another option over here. There's another option over there. Or discovering people's talents. Like, look, you've been doing this thing here, but you have a talent that's undiscovered. Mm-hmm. You could completely blow this up in a different direction here. And then the moment people start to see, oh, there's options. And again, in that picture of growth, look, if you're going to be a thousand people, there's going to be a ton of opportunities. So the, the moment you paint that picture for them mm-hmm. and you kind of calm down about, about the immediate situation and their personal view in it, they can relax a little bit more and focus on on the options that they have ahead of them. Have you thought about in your recent career, thinking about how you replace yourself and what you do each day? And are you thinking about that even at this scale? Yeah, I mean, it's constant, right? Do you always want to be figuring out who, like, it's important for many reasons, right? It's A, you never know when you're going to get hit by a bus. So you always have to be prepared for that. <laughs> You never know when you're going to reach your limit. Everybody has limits, strengths, and weaknesses. Uh, at some point, you reach a moment where you're like, all right, you know, I've done this. I'm, I'm kind of tired of this. I'm going to go do something else. Maybe there's other people who are stronger than you. Look, they could do a better job than me. By all means, it's the best thing for the company. I am just a piece of this, and I'm pushing it along at where my moment, where in that moment, I am the best person. At some later moment, it might not be ideal. And it's perfectly great to just move along, get somebody else to take the, the, the ship forward. So it's key. We have to be thinking about it. Yeah, it's that, you know, one frame that I always use for myself is just 
that every year I want to be a different version of myself and that I have to then therefore replace some of the things that I was doing professionally within the company if I'm going to be a different version next year. And so I'm thinking about the next version for the next year now, and I'm thinking like, okay, how do I start hiring or how do I start giving away, as Molly Graham would say, giving away some of my Legos, right? And if you don't know Molly Graham, you have to. She's an advisor to us at Drift. She's an amazing speaker. Look up her article and her uh, her video, her talk that she's given on giving away your Legos, which is an important thing that she learned during her time at Facebook, which was constant change, constant growth, and just being willing to, again, give away your Lego set. So I'm always thinking about like, how do I give away Legos? How do you give away Legos? And some people are more predisposed to it. And so like, I'm happy to throw my Legos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Leo, here's some Legos, take them. I'm happy to give them away because I'm looking for the next growth opportunity. And some people are a little bit more hesitant and want to protect their Legos, right? That's their kingdom that represents them. Yeah, I think it's both for for you to scale, but also to look at other people and say, look, I want to give more opportunities to more people. And so for that, I have to give them Legos. I have to give them, otherwise they're not going to have those, or they're going to look elsewhere for it. And if it's someone who's strong and you want to grow them, you have to give them pieces of, of your pie. I, I was going to say kingdom, but it's not a kingdom. It's just, you know, just to hold it for a while. Yeah. You just hired two executives on your team, two VP level people. Is part of giving, you know, replacing themselves ever part of the conversation when you're recruiting, like in terms of like framing it for them as I would imagine they, they would want growth opportunity, right? Because that's the reason to come to this size or this stage of a company. They want to grow in some ways. So is that part of the conversation when you recruited them? A hundred percent. It's like when you look at bigger companies and you see people who are a GM of a big big part of the company, you know, oftentimes you, you get someone who is not that big, but if they get on the ground floor in a company like ours, they have that, that potential. And so I brought it up with both of them. I was like, look, this is, you've seen this, you weren't at that level in, in these other companies, but here you could be. And so, you know, that becomes a growth opportunity for them and, you know, between them and other people onwards and, you know, the cycle keeps going. As we say in Portuguese, like, the line has to keep moving. Wow, I love that. I wish I knew Portuguese. I'm sure you do. Come on, you stick close to Spanish. I'm sure you you don't understand. (laughs) I can understand parts of it for sure. Speaking of which, I just signed up to go back to one of my favorite locations, countries ever, Hidden Gem, Portugal. I'm going to Portugal in November to speak at Web Summit, which I went right before the pandemic. Blew my mind because I had no expectations, you know, uh, going to Lisbon and it just... Totally blew my mind. So I need, I need to bone up on my Portuguese. Portuguese. Portugal is amazing. The culture, the, uh, the people, the food. Oh, love the people. The oh. food is amazing. Everything is just great. So see you all in Portugal in November. I hope you'll attend. And okay, if you were going to give me one, we're going to close this with one piece of advice that you would give me that I, I need a lot of advice on how to replace myself. What would it be? How can I replace myself? Hmm. And this can be within the context of drift or something that I'm doing there. Or maybe what job do you think I need to replace myself in that I'm doing today? I would say it's the deck inspector. You need someone else to be the deck inspector. <laughs> mm, I am the deck the inspector. Stories, the stories. <laughs> I think the stories are super powerful. You have that mindset. You have to find a way to multiply your force and not be the only one who's, who's nitpicking at stories and how we tell stories. That is true. All right. I need, if you're listening to this and you're a world-class storyteller, Please hit me up. I need to replace myself on storytelling and nitpicking at Drift. I am chief nitpicker at Drift. 
<laughs> Leo felt that deep in his gut. All right, you know what to do. Leave a six-star only rating. Shout it out to Leo. Subscribe on YouTube so you can see my homemade hat and this painting in the background and get a, a gander at a young Leo here and the old uncle on screen. And don't forget to click the little notification bell so that you know when new episodes are dropping. Saludos. How do you say goodbye in Portuguese? Tamais. Tamais? Tamais. 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 Cheers. Let me know what you thought of this episode by texting me at 1-212-380-1036. Again, 1-212-380-1036. Now, if you're looking for more leadership insights, sign up for my weekly newsletter, The One Thing, at drift.com slash DC. Every week, I'll share a habit, tool, or mental model that's helping me reach my goals. Hope to see you there. Text me. Hit me up. 1-212-380-1036.